and I'm thankful, and I appreciate all the people that helped. And I wanted to thank Cindy last week, but I got excited and busy. But look at all this decorations that Cindy goes through. And Christmas and just makes you kind of feel happy, so I slapped on my red shirt to match everything. <laughs> Woo! Get kind of crispy out. And I'm thankful to be here tonight. Huh? Thankful. I don't know what Mary was saying. I'm thankful that I have a meal. You have you you never ever been hungry? If you've never been hungry before, you want to you'll be thanking God more for your food. Appreciate it more. And uh, I, th- I appreciate life more. I appreciate I know that God can, you know, you, you could be gone in a couple of days in this world. If you don't have your trust in your life in the Lord's hands. But you get older and sentimental, you get start getting goofy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> But you watch stuff on TV, this touches your heart, you can sit there and, oh, every little thing touches you. So, uh, I think it's all right to be sentimental, you know. I'm not that macho anymore. Praise God. I love the Lord tonight. And I believe you're going to get a little help from this message tonight, Mr. Myrna and Mary. Little Mary looks just like Mandy to me all the time. (laughs) She comes up here, looks like Mandy, my baby. So, I, I, t- I touched on it a little bit. You know, I didn't want to make you feel offended or anything. I, I said something Sunday. I said, you're only tempted for what you're worth. You know, what I was trying to put in your heart and mind is that your worth should grow as you grow in the Lord. Amen? When you first get saved, every little thing the devil uses on you, you know, up and down, he can just trip you up right away and you just fall. But after a while, your worth should grow, see. So he only tempts you for what your worth means. Your worth should grow as you grow in the Lord. And he shouldn't be able to use the same old thing on you all the time. Same temptation, same trial, same test, keep making you fall. And so... I know that through this stand that this family is making, and they're not the only one that ever made that. Most of us in this church had to make a stand. Through their stand, following the Lord Jesus Christ, this temptation, this trial, this test will pass also. The devil will have to use something else because you're going to win him over. And the way that would you win him over, and I'm glad he's not here tonight, not that just so that we can talk, is sometimes you have to be firm in your stand. Even though it hurts you, as a grandma, as a wife, or whatever, you're firm. You have to be firm in what you say sometimes. Because a lot of times people drink because of their self-pity. Huh? They got a poor me spirit. I got a son like that. He's always... Trying to put me down and stuff like that. I don't, I don't, I don't give in to that. Or you know, I don't say, yeah, you're a poor, pitiful thing. Drink some more. No, I don't do that. I just keep telling them, you need Jesus Christ. You can be delivered. You can be set free. You need to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though it hurts inside to see him in that condition, you have to tell him the truth anyhow. Because even though they're your relative. It's still the same truth that's going to set them free or anybody else in the world. You can't change it just because it's your relative and you love them more. You see, you have to be firm with the truth and the Word of God. 
So your firmness is with the Lord, steadfast, make such your face like a flint. You go, you go ahead for the Lord is your victory. And you continue to tell them that they need to come to the Lord also. And their only victory is to surrender. I'd like to talk a little bit about temptation tonight because that's so, so much. I said, you know, anytime we're going to move where the Lord, anytime people start getting saved and things starts happening, then the devil gets excited. He's got to put, a, he's got to put the kibosh to that. He can't allow that to happen. So he, he goes about seeking whom he, he may devour, and he, he comes in like a, he rushes, and he calls all the legions of demons. He says, let's, let's rush these guys. Let's make this happen. Let's get this man sick. Let's throw this on that person. Let's, let's seek out everything that's in the house, every sin, and let's go attack it. Let's, let's increase that sin. And so the devil gets nervous because... He knows that his time is short, and he knows that God raised us up for this purpose. I mean, we're not accidents down here. You understand? We're not accidents. You're not an accident. You didn't accidentally get saved. I've been telling all these years. You can accidentally get in a car wreck, fall down outside, hit your head on a rock by an accident. But there was no accident when Jesus Christ drew you by his Spirit and saved you. And we're not an accident as a ministry. God plan for these days that's coming upon us and, and uh, end time revival that can take place and is already happening around the world. God is positioning his people and the devil does not like it. You understand? Praise God. So temptation, a little bit about it tonight. It, it means to entice. It's one of the devil's favorite tools, I think, in the whole world. Indu inducement to, to do evil entices you to do evil. That's a devil's tool, temptation. Did you notice every commercial on TV, everything that in the world that they use is in to, in, to induce you, entice you to do what they're doing, to make it look good, even though it's sin. They can make beer look so wonderful and beautiful and sparkly and everything, but they don't show you puking around in a, in a toilet bowl later on or you're shaking and getting shaky later on. They don't show you that. See, they entice you into it. Oh, beautiful. The king of beers, the king of Have one of these, you know. Have one of these and you'll be macho and cool and beautiful like me. And they use pretty women to, to uh, parade up and down and to... to Deuce, entice people. You try this makeup and everything, and you're going to look like me. And all these women do their best and spend everything they can to try to look like them. All they was, in do all they was enticed and tempted to be like somebody that they're not. And they spend millions and millions of dollars trying to be somebody else. All you got to be is who God created you to be, and that's the most happiest person you're ever going to find. I just love me the way I look and the way I am, and I just thank God for who I am. Then you're going to be happy. But if you spend your whole life induced and enticed to be somebody else, then you're going to be frustrated with yourself because you never can be somebody else. Even preachers try to be somebody else. I'm a little Benny Hinn. I'm a, I'm a, look at me. I preach just like R.W. Shambach. No, I was trying to be someone like else. They, they can't be nobody else. You can't be somebody else. You can't even, you can't, uh, it's impossible to be somebody else. You got to be who you are. Everybody in here is different, but we have the same spirit. See? 
We're not clones. So the devil induces and entices people in all kinds of different ways and tempts them. And he tempted the Lord Jesus Christ. Did he not? He tempted him after he was full of the Holy Ghost. I might add, in Luke 4 and first verse says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I don't care if you're filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues all day long. And you use all kinds of gifts. And you lay hands on the sick. The devil's still going to come by and tempt you. Because if he tempted Jesus Christ, he's going to tempt you. Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command a stone that it be made bread. See, and he started his temptation on him. After he was hungered, after he fasted 40 days in the wilderness and ate nothing. See, the devil thought, hey, I'll come and get him at his weakest point. You see, this shows you how evil and the lying the devil is. He don't care if you're down, see. He doesn't care if you're down and you're pitiful and you're hurting and you're sick. That's exactly where he wants you to be. That's exactly when he attacks you. When you're weak spiritually, when you stay away from church for a while, when you cut off your supply line, when you quit praying, when you quit studying to show yourself approved, filling up your own cup, then he seeks out whom he may devour. He's looking for a weak, anemic sheep that, I, that he can devour and eat and kill and destroy. And so he tried that with the Lord. After he was filled with the Holy Ghost, after he fasted 40, then the temptation started. And he tried to tempt him with bread, and he tried to tempt him with the, giving him the, whole, the kingdoms of the whole world if he had bowed down and worship him. So temptation comes from the devil. And Jesus was tempted over and over. And look at Hebrews in the, in the, in the fourth chapter, 14th verse. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we, we are, yet without sin. Eh? So tonight he knows what our sister's going through, what our grandma's going through. He knows every temptation. He already went through it all, yet without sin. It is nothing wrong with being tempted. God allows you to be tempted even. God doesn't tempt you, but he allows you to be tempted because it brings about strength when you overcome. After Jesus Christ was tempted in all things like that and overcame and fought the devil with the word, angels came by and strengthened him. 
Let us therefore, he says, when you're going through temptations, 16th verse says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. You need grace to help in a time of need tonight, Sister Mary. Huh? Come boldly to the throne room in your weakness, in your temptation. Take your husband, take your circumstance and everything through the, through the throne room of God and say, this is my problem, Father. I need you to help me. I come to you boldly, unashamed to ask even, and I need your help. That's what you do in a time of trials and temptations. You go to the Lord. Jesus went to the Lord. He prayed earnestly unto the Lord all night in the garden even. In a time of temptation. The devil didn't want him to go to the cross. Didn't want him to die for our sins. Try to defeat him and offer him all the kingdoms of the world. He knew what he was worth. In James 1.12, says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Now listen to this. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Did you ever hear people say that? I don't know why God did this to me. I don't know why God, you know, it's like God was doing that to him or punishing him some way. See? God don't punish you. You bring things on yourself. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. There's nothing wrong with being tempted. The sin is when you give in to it, when you listen to it, when you don't get rid of it. Then it becomes sin and it becomes cancerous to you. You dwell on it. And even Jesus says, if you, you know, thou shalt not commit adultery, the law says. He says, I say, if you look on a woman to lust after her in your heart, you've committed adultery already. And somebody said, well, how, how, how do you, how do you, you can't look at women? You can look at women every day. You'll see women every day. You're going to be in this world, and there's going to be women walking by every day. But looking at a woman and drooling after a woman is two different things. Huh? And undressing her in your mind or trying to, ooh, look at her, uh, making eyes at her back and forth, thinking you're cute. Does she, well, I wonder if she's cute. I wonder if she thinks I'm cute. Well, and then your heart's all messed up. And if you don't get rid of that, the devil will use that, take you down, and you won't be in church no more. Huh? I've seen it work. It's real. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. Okay? But I got good news for you. The Lord knows all about us, and he knows that every one of us have problems, especially when we first come to the Lord. 
Did you ever notice I, I, I come to the Lord and everything didn't leave me that first day? I accepted the Lord. I asked him, come into my heart and life. You could have been half shot. You could have been whatever you was. I don't know how you came to the Lord. But you know, when I got saved, I, I accepted Christ. I cried. I, I, I didn't know. I just walked out of darkness to a marvelous light. But when I, when I got home, I realized I still had a few habits. I wonder what's wrong with them. You know? The Lord washed my sins away. But it was up to me to get rid of the other things. Things. Huh? Even prejudice. So people think you're not prejudiced. You, you get checked one of these days. I think everybody has a little bit of that in them. You have to work on it. But everybody has something in their life. And 1 Corinthians 10.13 says this. There has no temptation taken you. Huh? There has no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. In other words, everybody's going to have temptation. And everybody gets tempted in different ways. Right? Everybody gets tempted in different ways. It could be, oh, I got testimonies, you know. How about, how about when I first got, 1981, working on the pipeline, I always tell people. We're just starting out. We didn't have a church yet. We had a building fund and outgrown the home, and we're, we're trying to get this building. It was up north and all that. We didn't quite get it yet. It wasn't even there yet. I was working on the pipeline and making all kinds of money, and the boss comes up to me one day. He says, Kenny, why don't you go to Indonesia with us? Indonesia? I didn't even know where it's at. Sounded wonderful, though. Yeah, we'll give you $50,000 cash, tax-free money for six months. What do I do? Same thing you're doing here. Geez, I wasn't doing much. It was an easy job. And he tempted me. What did he tempt me with? Money. Huh? I mean, me and Sandy, that's when the, about the time she was digging in the freezer looking for something to put in her beans. Remember her testimony? Crying, I don't know, I'm going to ask my mother, Lord, you said you provide my need, chipping away that frost. I don't know, I'm, I just believe in you. All of a sudden, a little tiny tinfoil away in the corner of that freezer, she chipped it out, salt pork for the beans. That's about the time. I could use $50,000. I could still use it. But the devil tempted me to draw me away from what God was about to do in this ministry. Hmm? Oh, Sandy, I think I should go with them. And I, you could, go ahead, I'm staying home. Jeez. And I tried to find kind of even more. You wrestle with it, see, when the devil tempts you. Jeez, I wonder if six months, oh, the crack could come back. I could. Do this, do that, you know, who boy, 50,000, I couldn't even count that high. No, the Lord convicted me and gave me a way of escape. There has no temptation taken you, but is common to man, but God is faithful, 
who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. God don't tempt people. He allows you to be tempted, but he won't let the devil tempt you more than you can handle. He watches over you, I want you to know. He'll never tempt you above that you are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Remember this, church. In every temptation, in every trial, what you're to do is ask God how to escape from this. How to get out of this thing. I know there's a way according to your word, Lord God. I rebuke the devil. Lord, just show me a way out of this thing. A way away from this temptation, this trial, this test. And everybody's going to get tested. Everybody gets tested sooner or later. Oh, I give my heart and my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. The devil's saying, is that right? Well, we'll see. Because whatever you don't let go of, I tell people, whatever you don't surrender unto God, Satan will use on you. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we think we'd surrendered everything. But did we? If you've really surrendered it, how come the devil keeps tempting you with that same thing? And he keeps defeating you with the same thing. That's about time you ought to take it to the Lord and say, Lord, deliver me from this thing. Help me overcome this. Show me the way of escape that I may be able to bear it. That the devil cannot use it on me anymore. I want to surrender it unto you. And that's why when you have communion, he says, let every man examine himself before he takes of this bread and drinks of this cup. And so you're supposed to stand honestly before God. And look at yourself. And if you really do that and you be honest with yourself, you know yourself pretty good. You do. A lot of times you want to ignore it and say, no, it's not me. That's what... And after a while, the conviction wears off. And then for a while, it goes away and stuff like that. But it's still in there. And because you never got rid of it, the devil will bring it up again somewhere. It'll pop up again just like a cork in the water. Whatever you don't let go of, Satan will use it on you again. Luke 22. You remember this, this, this man, Simon Simon? Simon Peter? The big burly man who was fishing naked? Simon Barjona, he said. You follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. He cast his net aside, and he followed the Lord. He went everywhere with him. Three and a half years. Watch the Lord do this and do that and work mighty miracles. One day the Lord told him this in, a, in a Luke twenty two thirty one, Jesus speaking. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Now they know what sifting wheat was about in Jesus' time. Threshing floors, screens, not metal, 
but they would lay out a carpet, so to speak, and they would throw their wheat into the wind. The shaft would blow away, and the things would fall onto the ground. They would sift the wheat, all impurities. The only thing that would be left was the dirt, the rocks, the bugs, unclean things that they couldn't use. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. Why does the Lord pray for Peter? Simon. Because he knew him when he called him, and he knew him where he was at, and he knew his weaknesses. But I have prayed for you that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, that means changed. See, old Peter, he thought he was already changed because he threw his net aside. He already had an altar call. Like I said, you go to the altar, and a lot of times soon as you leave, you, re you realize that your battle just begun, and there's a few things that got to change in your life now. So it was with Peter. The devil was going to sift him. Peter, in his fleshly mind, and his carnal mind, he said unto the Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. Oh, those are strong words. And he said, I tell you, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou, that thou shalt deny me thrice, three times, that thou knowest me. This day won't pass before you deny me three times, Peter. Oh, man. And we know the story. They come to get Jesus, and the persecution started. Satan was sifting Peter already. The same guy that said he was ready to go to prison and to death with him didn't even have enough in him to say that he was a follower of the Lord. When the persecution arised, when they started whipping the Lord and spitting, when they hung him up on that tree, he was standing way afar off by a fire even. They accused him of being one of them. Aren't you one of them? I don't even know them. Huh? Well, don't you go to that church? I don't know. You know, once in a while, I'm not really one of them, though. <laughs> Aren't you born again? Aren't you? Uh, I didn't I see you singing at one of them wakes or something. On me. No, I don't even know the man. Three times Peter denied him. But he was ready, see. There was something Peter didn't get rid of. He thought he was ready for. And so it is with every one of us. Whatever you don't get rid of in your life, I'm telling you. Whatever it is. Satan will sift you. He's looking for a weakness in you. He likes it when you don't give up your habits. Huh? And that's the only thing he's got to use on you. You don't have to worry about much. That's why I said he'll only tempt you for what you're worth. 
If you don't ever want to get delivered from nothing, then he don't have nothing to bother you about. He'll just leave you in that comfort zone thinking you're all right. He'll let you think you're all right. Peter thought he was all right until they asked him, are you one of them? When he thought he was going to get hung and beat and spit upon, his whole story changed. Whatever you don't get rid of. Whatever you don't surrender is what I want to say. Whatever you don't surrender to God. He wants 100% of you. Did you know that? This is a way of life. It's not just go to church, belong to this church. Like I said Sunday, I said, the church mentality today is they, they, they don't want to be saved from their sins. They want to be saved with their sins. They think somehow they're going to make it anyhow, even with their sins. So the churches are sitting around with no power, no glory, no testimonies, no discipleship, nothing going on in their life, and they're all comfortable. Well, the devil will just let them be comfortable. Oh, that's a wonderful little church. The pastor comes and shakes your hand at the door when, you, when you're leaving and have a wonderful day. How is your family today? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Family's all lost and drunken and sin and hurting. And he's afraid to tell him so. I'm telling you tonight that whatever you don't give up, the devil will use it on you. He knows you better than you know you. Well, how does he know us so good? I was born into sin. I walked these whole flats down here in sin. He knows everything I sold, didn't sell, stole, didn't steal. Hurt, didn't hurt. He knows everything I used to do and enjoy. He knows all the lusts that I had for this or for that or whatever thing. I, he knew, he, knew he, he used me like a tool, you understand. So when I try to come to the Lord, he looks at me and he sifts me. He gave up this, he gave it, just like he's opening the pages of a book. He gave up this, it. There's something he didn't give up. Mm-hmm. We'll use that on him. So I pray through and I get rid of that. Go down his list again. Surely there's got to be something, something, something. There it is. Found something else. Way deep in his heart he thought he got rid of it. Here it was. A hurt in there. A mad in there. Uh, somebody hurt him a long, long, long time ago. Somebody hurt me. Oh, hurt it. Hurt. You thought you got rid of that hurt long, so long, and all of a sudden you come up and you get. Here there was a grudge way down in there against your parents, against somebody, your uncle, or your grandma did this. You was the black sheep of the family. Ever hear that? I was the black sheep. Well, how come? How could there be ten black sheep? You all say you're all the black sheep. That's a self-pity. Somewhere way in there, you're hurt. I tell people, everybody down these flats had no, no groceries ever. I remember nobody had money. Everybody was poor. We didn't even know we was poor because everybody was poor. Oh, I really had it hard. Oh, did you? Everybody had it hard. Don't give me no crybaby story. Well, I went to prison three times. I don't care. It just means you're dumb because you got caught. A lot of guys been in prison. They don't go around bragging about it. Don't tell, tell everybody about it because you got caught. 
I talked to the talk that I got, I never did get caught. <laughs> Crookeder than you are. Anyway, whatever you don't get rid of. You know that's going on right now? It's going on in our church. Churches around God's church. This is going on because God is allowing the devil to sift you. He says, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. He allowed him to be sifted, but at the same time he prayed that his faith fail not. God could have threw the devil in, into the bottomless pit a long time ago, but he allowed him to go out. See, if you don't ever, ever overcome any temptation, trials in your life, you'll never mature, you'll never grow, you'll never be strong. God is looking for mature Christians today. Somebody will square their shoulders. I've been through that. That's why when I say I want to have somebody at the jail, I send somebody at the jail that's been there before, can relate to whoever's behind that bar. They can say, I was right where you was one time or wherever. Alcoholism, I was delivered of that, set free drugs. So that's why I say, look to the next one of you. If you want to be delivered from drugs, alcohol, habits, uh, well, you want to be saved, you're in the right house tonight, right here. You can be saved, set free. God has given us a ministry of deliverance. Nobody has to, or you know, you don't have to give up nothing. You don't have to even go, get saved. You don't have to go to heaven if you don't want to. But if you want to, the Lord has made a way. So every man's got to come to a place where he surrenders. Gives up. And says, I'll do it your way, Lord. I tried my way all these years. It didn't work. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. There's only one way. It's God's way. If you want to go to heaven, it's God's way. You have to surrender your will to line up to his, his will. Then you're going to be have peace like a mighty river. 1 Peter 4.12 says, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Think it not strange. I see this over and over in my life, in this church even. People get saved and they're on fire and they're praising God. I always tell them, you're going to have the trial of your life pretty soon. I want to prepare you for it. You're supposed to feel good when you get saved. You're supposed to have joy and everything. But you made somebody mad. You made the devil mad. The liar is going to come. And he's going to put a fiery trial upon you. And people get, you know, the joy of the Lord. And they come into churches and they praise in God. And a lot of pastors don't want to tell them that about that part. But I just level with them. One of these days the devil's going to come and you're going to feel like you're not saved. You don't even going to feel worthy to even walk into the church or open your Bible because the devil tripped you up and sift. It's all part of the process, brother. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though something strange thing has happened unto you. You look around, you wonder, and people cry. They wonder what's happening to them. It's supposed to be feeling good. I, don't, I lost that feeling now. I lost that born again. I don't, am I saved? I don't know if I'm saved. Am I saved? Huh? You ever go through that? I did. 
part of the process. It goes on to say, but rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. That when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceedingly joy. It just means you're on the right side of the line, brother. If they persecute you for righteousness' sake, if you're tried and tested because simply because you're going to church and living for the Lord, if you're bothering people simply because of that, and you get tested and tried and all these things come upon you, rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. That's part of bearing your cross in this world. That means you turn from darkness to light. That means you're going not downstream with the flow of the, the world, but you're going against the grain now. And when you go against the grain, you're going against the world. Before, everything was going this way. You're buddies with everybody. Everybody liked you. When you turn, turn around and start going the other direction, then you're testing trial and tribulation, persecutions and mockings and laughings and teasings, name-callings, stone-castings will begin to come your way. And the Lord says, rejoice. How can you rejoice? You should rejoice because you know that you pass from death to life, that you're on the right side of the line if the world hates you. You're partakers of Christ's sufferings. But one day, I always tell people, payday is going to come for his church, his people. Our battles, our sicknesses, our weaknesses, our, our temptations, and all those things are going to be turned into exceeding joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. I can't wait. I can't wait till this world is over with whatever is going to happen. According to God's will, if I live a hundred more years, whatever it is, I can't wait till I get into the kingdom of heaven and live with God forever and forever and forever. But while I'm here, I recognize that we're in a battlefield, that Satan hates the gospel and he don't want nobody to get saved. But we happen to have a road map right here. That Brother John talked about. Study to show yourself approved. How do you defeat Satan? How do you come against him? How do you know we have power over him? Because Jesus said it. What do you do? This is what they need to start learning, John, these Bible studies. How to pray for people. How to anoint them with oil. How do you lead somebody to the Lord? I want every young Christian in here to get saved. Know how to lead somebody to the Lord. When I first got saved, the only thing I had was one of them chick tracks. I'd look to the back page, and it said, this is how you lead. So I'd take it to the hospital, to the jails, and I would read from it because I was inexperienced, but I was still leading them to the Lord. I learned, studied to show myself approved, practiced it and preached it and showed others how to do it. That's what the young disciples and young people need to know how to pray themselves. How Mary can get a hold of God right in her own house and rebuke Satan out of there and put prayer oil on her husband and lay her prayer cloth in his, in his pillow and make him miserable that that spirit will have to leave. Take control of your house. You don't have to have me there or an elder there or nobody else there. You can do it all by yourself. Ask Sandy. She had a demon laying with her. I was possessed. Albert Snell. Remember Albert Snell? Myrna? Take this home with you. Your husband's saved? Uh, yeah. He ain't saved if you got to think about it. 
That's right. We got he. Uh, well, you know he. You know, not nah, he ain't saved. When your husband gets saved, you'll know about it. <laughs> no one will think about it. Take this prayer cloth, put it in his pillow. He don't even have to know about it. Nah, still smoking. I was just messing around. I, couldn't wait to get up and get high the next day again. You know, it's not addicting, though. Not addicting. I tried to come down once. Two hits, ah, man, let's cruise. Let's eat, eat. I know that whole sickening stuff. This is a real world. Been there, done that, smoked it, snorted it. It ain't no fun. Tell me it's fun. It ain't no fun. Put this in his pillow, prayer cloth. And she laid back and watched me. Could never sleep without a pillow. We can make some for you tonight if you want to. You put that in a nice pillow, I guarantee you. We used it on Dale. The cop. Oh, big policeman. She put it in my pillow. And I couldn't sleep without the pillow. I still can't. She said she watched me. I started squirming. The person I got that pillow and threw it. Tried to get that prayer cloth away from me. She said, I knew I was laying with the devil then. And I remember Dale, I won't tell on him. Bring her to church, and he'd park out there, read newspaper all through church. Rebellious little Mormon. <laughs> all the time, though, all the time, his foot was going out there. <laughs> he didn't know that. Sneaking out on him, the anointing. Park a little closer every week. Kayleen, you know what we got to do? Put prayer cloths in. We believe God delivered me like this. And they live right straight down the street from me, three, four houses over. She came over. We'll pray over these. They work. They're scriptural. Put these in his, put these all over him. Put them in his coat. Put them in his pajamas. Put them in everything. Put them in his pillow. Put them everywhere. So she did. She put them in his nice police jack. She put them all over. She, holy, she called up. Hey, what he's doing? What? He's laying on a couch in his shorts. <laughs> he can't even sleep in there. Then he was going to go to work. He put his, took that coat back off and looked for a different one. Drove that spirit right out of him. Pretty soon he's coming in the door, sitting in the back. Here. What has it been now? How many years? Eight, 19 years? 19 years ago. Prayer cloth is still working. We're going to make some tonight. This is real church. Let's not go through the motions. Let's have religion, three songs, and pat you on the back, send you home. This is God fighting the devil business down here. That's why the devil hates it. And that's what I believe. Rejoice in as much as you are partakers. Brothers, let's play some music here. Devil hates anointed music. Anointed of God. We got any prayer class here? Look at my briefcase. Oh, I got one. I got one right straight from Marcerillo. You don't get it any more anointed than that. Right, he just sent it to me. Needs to be prayed over. We're going to pray on this, Mary. You put it on him. You don't have to tell him about it. Sew it on his shorts if you want to.
Probably ain't change him for a couple of days anyway. <laughs> if it's like I used to be. <laughs> Let the healing water flow. That's what this says on here. But I believe you put it in his bed where he sleeps. Close to him. You could even cut it in four. Put it around your home. George, come anoint this oil right here. Put some oil on that cloth, all four corners. I feel the Lord already on it. Myrna, come on, you guys, your family right here. Well, they're going to agree right here. Matthew 18, 18. Oh, there's this electricity in the air right here. Come and touch us right here. Touch it. Touch it. Any two touching, praying, and believing, asking, shall be done of them of my Father which is in heaven. So from the sick, we're brought onto the aprons and handkerchiefs, Lord. And diseases departed from them. And evil spirits went out of them. We pray a special miracle, Lord God, tonight. That at the presence of this cloth, Lord God, the devils have to flee. Deliverance be granted unto us, Lord God. And in this house, O oh God, we claim victory and salvation to come. And healing for my sister and her heart and life the protection of this child that she carries even Lord God we claim victory in this home this grandmother and grandfather oh God that their hearts would be healed and strengthened through it all Lord God that you'd anoint the holy word that they speak to them that they'll be steadfast unmovable I praise you tonight God we call this work done tonight in the name of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ And this can be done for anybody who, in anybody's house. If you're fighting the devil and evil spirits upon your place, start using God's authority, the things that he's granted unto us, the tools of the work of the Holy Ghost, the tools of the trade. Let's sing it unto the Lord tonight.